Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a lovely time of it, whatever it is you get up to in the summer. I just thought it was a good idea to pop up in your feeds and say, hey, don't forget us. Series 2 of We're All Stories in the End kicks off next month, September 2023, and we've got a whole new format, so I'm probably going to be in a lot of trouble. Producing a podcast about some books which are between 20 and 30 years old is a bit of a labour of love, but knowing you all share the love and knowing the labour isn't entirely a thing of the past either make it a really exciting show to make. So please like and subscribe. We all know that Bernice Summerfield's adventures continued well beyond the end of the Virgin New Adventures, but not everyone might be aware of a recent book in a new series of adventures for everyone's favourite adjudicator who didn't die in so vile a sin, Christopher Quedge. He's the star of Quedge Down the Middle, an enormous book of fresh adventures from Ark Beetle Press, who have managed to entice familiar names like Andy Lane and Simon Butcher-Jones, along with a lot of other writers you may not have heard of, to continue Chris's adventures in time and space. I sat down with one of the writers, James Hornby, to find out more about the book, the series, and all things Quedge. Hello, James. Hello. How are things in the United Kingdom? Ah, they are not too bad at all. Lovely weather today. Can't complain. (laughs) That's not what my sister in Essex was telling me. Uh, I'm in the north, as you can probably tell from the accent. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. So um, we're here to talk about Quedge down the middle. And I I, I was going to start with sort of Whose idea was it? Who who's the Quedge fan, and and who decided the world needed more Quedge? Mm-hmm. So um, Quedge is entirely the brainchild of Hunter O'Connell. Um, so Hunter started this in 2019, very early 2019. Um, I wasn't there for when all that started, but he put a call for submissions out on Gallifrey Base, and I'm a regular. Um, observer of Gallifrey Base, always looking at forums and things. And he asked for stories, and I jumped at the chance and submitted a story, and he got back straight away. And it all began from there, as far as I was aware of things. Um, I know that Hunter was, um, I, I feel bad because I'm like speaking for him here, but um, he uh, read Dead Romance a long time ago and he absolutely loved it as did i and that created a a love of quedge that was enough for a spin-off wow so so we're back in 2019 when so the the book i've got is like a second edition of or something there was yeah. some kind of so so what happened between sort of publication and the the desire to shake it up a bit right so um we first put out Quedge Down the Middle in 2020. Um, so between the releases, um, a new cover's been designed by the amazing Jacob Keith. It's, I love it. I love it so much. Um, I love both covers. Um, the original cover's included inside the second edition because we don't want anything to get lost. Sadly, there's a few um, drama issues between the first and second volume, which necessitated um a new um edition so one story has been removed and a few references to bbv concepts have been taken out because of um the license ending other than that it's um the same fantastic book it always was how does it fit in with the kind of quedge continuity of of the new adventures <clears throat> right so 
this is where some Doctor Who fans get very annoyed at me for <laughs> um, the way they see things and the way I see things. So this is Quedge long after he's left the Doctor. Um, so um, Quedge went from travelling with the Doctor to working for the Time Lords and then we get into all the faction paradox side of things where the Time Lords still he's been part of this programme where they've given him different like a sort of and this is where I get in trouble again a cloning process it's much more detailed than just a simple cloning process but um, they basically make very different variations of Quedge to fight in their big war and um, this series picks up from, and this is where I really get into trouble, after this war has ended. So Quedge is, um, please don't attack me now, fans, set after um, Faction Paradox's war. And um, this is where um, Quedge is the um, dog's body of the superiors, his superiors. And they um, are telling him, what to do and where in the universe to keep their supremacy over um, the universe and time and space, which we call the totality. So it's not the same quedge from the books. After, I mean, like in the in the Benny Adventures, for instance, we have quedge dipping in and out until he regenerates into, I want to say a fat kid. It's been about 30 years since I've read them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so this well, is a, this is a different clone. Well, the way I see it, and there is a lot of debate amongst the uh, authors inside of Quedge. This is the original Quedge, as far as I'm concerned, and he's been put it's in part of a process where he's now been given the ability to jump into the body of any Quedge in the universe. So this is the original Quedge as like a sort of an AI sort of status i hadn't realized this book was going to be so complicated i was just oh, going to I read don't. it every saturday evening i was going to do I, a story I feel like i'm making it far more complicated than <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um yeah so um we still have the quedge variants he regenerated into the um the fat body in um the new adventures and um and then there was also I think it was introduced in Faction Paradox, the Quedge Prime, which is sort of like a terminated version of Quedge. Um, there are various others, but um, this Quedge is now the Quedge V. Um, I won't get into more details about what the V stands for, and that's for the book itself. But um, yeah, it's all part of the superior's designs for Quedge and his role in the universe. Wow. So you've really opened up his character to a whole different he already had a universe of possibilities but now it feels like he's got an even bigger universe of possibilities so that's exciting so um let's let's talk a little bit about some of the stories who's chris going to be up against who are some of the heroes and villains that he'll be rubbing up with in the book so um there's a hell of a lot of things that quedge gets up to in the book so um, Chris meets Iris Wildtime in one story in the book, um, written by Andy Lane, who created Quedge in the first place. Um, that's quite an exciting story. Um, so we've got quite a lot of things he gets up to. Uh, my story takes place on a planet called Golgolith, 
which um, has appeared in a Faction Paradox audio that I wrote um, a couple of years back. Uh, let's have a think. Um, there are lots of characters from the periphery of Doctor Who canon, um, such as Judy Collins, who appeared in Faction Paradox before. There are a lot of things that I feel might not be best to reveal on a podcast because they're quite spoilers for what happened. Um, but there are a lot of Doctor Who returnees that appear in the book and many more are planned for the future. My word, they are. Well, it's, it's very exciting to suddenly have um, spoiler warnings on my podcast. Obviously, I, I talk about the Virgin New Adventures. I talk about the BBC Eighth Doctor books and we take the view that these are, you know, 30 years old and, and we can say what we want. But for a new ongoing series like this, then let's absolutely abide by the uh, the made up law of spoiler. And, and this is what I love in particular, the new adventures, the eighth Doctor adventures. This is what made me the Doctor Who fan I am. And as far as my stories go within it, um, I've written the next um, um, book in the series, which is part of the Hidden Truth series. Um, and that book is my love letter to the eighth Doctor adventures. Um, it's it's got quite a few returnees from that series. It, oh yeah, I, I can't wait for that to get out there. Wow. Well, let's let's tap into that. When were you reading the new adventures and the EDAs when they came out, or slightly later? Uh, I read them slightly later. So I first became a Doctor Who fan in two thousand and five. Oh, uh, bless you. It was just before the new series came out. My dad bought me a VHS box set of the Time Meddler, the Sensorites, and the Gunfighters. So they're all hard. That is a bit of a mixed bag, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, So the Sensorites is responsible for getting me into Doctor Who. So, um, yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Right. Um, um, Yeah, from there. I'm very much a person who like consumes as much as I possibly can. And when you run out of TV things, I dive into the books. And I thought the Eighth Doctor sounded like an interesting character because we never see anything of him on TV. So that's where I went into it. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And then are you sort of a, a devout uh, watcher of New Who, even to this day, when really we shouldn't be calling it New Who anymore? Yeah, New New Who. Um, <laughs> Ups and downs and everything, yeah, yeah, absolutely everything. I will sit there with a book that I absolutely hate, and because I'm a Doctor Who fan, I will have to finish it <laughs> to be completionist. Yeah, no, we've 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 all been there, and uh, I think most people that have been on the show um, seem to land on the same couple of books for that yeah. for that title. <laughs> so I'm not going to ask you because it's it's not fair on any of the authors to put them on the spot, but maybe could you pick out like, I don't know, three or four of your favorite of the books? Absolutely. Um, I absolutely love any book written by Lance Parkin. The Gallifrey Chronicles was my first book I read by him, which as a culmination of the series probably wasn't the best one to start with. Um, (laughs) um, I recently read Fear of the Dark by Trevor Baxendale, um, and I was absolutely blown away by how good it was. Um, very, very good book if you've um, not read that one. Um, let me have a think. What else? Obviously, Lawrence Miles, Alien Bodies. 
that book is amazing for introducing something brand new to Doctor Who and really reinventing what exists already. And I think Doctor Who needs that a lot of the time. Um, and yeah, I'd like to think we're bringing our own little slant on that ourselves. Um, other than those, um, Kate Orman and Jonathan Bloom have written some fantastic books. Um, Unnatural History, Vampire Science, wonderful, absolutely wonderful books. It's the eighth Doctor Adventures for me where all the, the best books lie. <laughs> well, that you want to subscribe to We're All Stories in the End and you can hear lots of people talking about all of them in great length. You've converted me. <laughs> Excellent. So um, going back to your book then, uh, Quedge Down the Middle has a huge number of contributors. It's one of the biggest books I've picked up since the final volume of Hilary Mantel's Cromwell trilogy. Um, t- tell us about some of the writers and how they came on board. Like I say, I jumped on with the Gallifrey base um, submissions process and a lot of people have a chat on a Discord server for um, Beetle Press and uh, and Quedge itself. And yeah, I'm probably not the best one to ask for that. I do apologize. <laughs> right. uh, going forward, I am the one to ask, um, but Quedge down the middle very much started with Hunter and he was the driving seat behind everything there. Well, it seems to be a, a blend of kind of established new adventures, authors, and uh and and fresh talent and lots of new writers um to try out so it looks very exciting but then yeah let's let's ask you then about about where where quedge goes after this book what's what's next quedge is going to a lot of exciting places next um my book takes one of his companions lals to um some horrible places sadly and it's very much focused on her and how a parasite that infects her gives her abilities that very very quickly develop out of control and how she reacts to that and um, that's where I take my book Um, beyond that we've got um, a very very exciting adventure set in a place um, Doctor Who fans might recognise from a very very rare and popular book called Longbarrow yeah um i'm very 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 excited to see the final draft of that one um i've been waiting a long time and um beyond that we have um the third um sub series of quedge called seasons which we're currently putting together now and that has a lot of crossover elements into it we are quite proud of our little corner of the Doctor Who universe, the books, the spin-off series, and we want to try and share that with as many similar series as we can. So at the moment, um, there are plans for other series such as RMM to be involved. And um, I don't want to reveal too much, but um, Time Hunter um, will be involved in that and a few others um, just to have a celebration of the extended universe and what it is and um the uh for that one will be uh, quite a an exciting one for people as well um i'm very excited for that to get out there um, it's it's wonderful to hear all these all these different disparate series being sort of tied in somehow yeah absolutely and 
I'm very much one for connecting things and, and building a, the universe as it should be. It very much annoys me when I, you see a TV show where, for, let's say, say Superman, and you see him there and he's struggling with this enemy, and you're like, your cousin Supergirl, she lives next door, why isn't she helping you? It, <laughs> it's, I, 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 I love this interconnectedness and, and um, it's nice to bring that um, back in a lot of ways. I, I love the days of Russell T Davis with um, Torchwood and Sarah Jane Adventures um, blending together into some stories. It's, it's just exciting. It really is. So how how do you? I mean, I'm not asking this because I'm going to do it or anything. But from a from a publishing point of view, how easy is it to sort of get permission to use all these characters and things? Um, varying degrees, I would say. Um, it depends on who you're contacting, um, how eager they are to help out. Um, a lot of authors want to be involved, which is lovely, and they want to write themselves like. Quench Down the Middle has Andy Lane in there. Um, there is Simon Butcher Jones. Um, there's some wonderful people. Um, from my own work, I've asked Lance Parkin for a lot of help and, and concepts over the years. And he's been fantastic at, at being as supportive as he possibly can because we're celebrating the era of these authors, mm. ultimately. Um, uh, Steve Lyons is another example um the the fact i've been thanked before which sounds really daft because i should be thanking them but um for asking for concepts that some of them have forgotten themselves like wow thanks for remembering them like (laughs) like for me that this is this has been what i like my life's been about in a way you know all these stories and monsters and and concepts um so yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot, lot of eagerness for um, the writers to to contribute something. Well, it's great that they're so sort of enthusiastic and and involved, and then maybe as as your as your you know your your quedge era continues, maybe you'll you'll get a few more of them to slip you something. What's the kind of plan for publishing the next book or two? Are there any dates outlined or? Right, so with Quedge down the middle, first being released in 2020, um, there's been a lot of bumps and on the road, as we mentioned, which has led to the the second edition um, being published. And we've largely decided that it's not fair to the fans to have to wait um, for a book on the horizon, which if more things happen, it gets pushed back and back and back and back. So we are now in a process of making sure that we have set release dates for every book. Um, recently, we have decided to cut down, quench down the middle into ARC editions. And there are three separate editions um, for each um, area of the book. So those books will be released three months apart. So the first one came out in July and the next one will be um, October and then January, um, I do believe the schedule is. And beyond that, um, the next book, um, my book from Hidden Truths, will be released. Um, and we're hoping then to have bi-yearly releases. From there, we'll assess how that's going. Um, 
obviously we'd like there to be more books in a year, but that depends how quickly we get through the writing process. Um, because we want the series to be regularly available for fans because it's it's just fair. Oh, it's it's just fair. I I mean I think I stumbled across the range on someone posted something on Twitter. What um what's your website and where do, where should people go to have a look at these books? Absolutely. So um artbeetlepress.com is our website. And um for the availability of buying the books, uh, we are available on Amazon for all the books. Um we have social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, um Quedge the series has got its own Facebook page as well, um, where Hunter posts um the more in-depth and detailed updates. Um, but everything announced is collected on artbeetlepress.com. Fantastic. Cheeky question from the pile, because I like to mix it up. Is Ros going to come back at any point? Oh, you like your spoilers, don't you? <laughs> uh, um, oh, I, I, I'm saying things already without even saying anything. Um, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can, of course, <laughs> say no comment. No comment, watch this space. How exciting. <laughs> How lovely. So, yeah, we, we talk a lot on the show about, um, you know, wouldn't it be great to do like one last book that was halfway between a virgin book and an EDA and have like Benny and Fitz working together to, you know, do something. It's still a really exciting uh, kind of toy box. And the people that, you know, I talk to for the show, there's so much love for these characters. They're really niche, you know, sort of 99 people out of 100 won't have heard of any of them. But those of us who remember them and grew up reading them, there's still so much residual affection for them. Absolutely. Um, Fitz in particular is, I think, my favourite companion um, in Doctor Who, because um, they were the books I grew up with and the character um, that was in most of them. And um, a little anecdote about Fitz is that um, Hunter and I contacted BBC Books to ask permission to use Fitz in Quench. And um, for a very, very brief time, Fitz Kreiner did, was going to appear in Quench um, until um, sadly the U-turn happened and uh, we weren't allowed to use Fitz anymore, <laughs> which was absolutely devastating. Oh, well, just in case BBC Publishing decides to revive the EDAs at some point. Yeah, yeah the comment we had was that um, due to Fitz recently at the time appearing in um, the Target storybook, we couldn't use Fitz in case Fitz appeared in something different down the line, which sadly hasn't happened yet, but yeah. I'll leave it up. Such as such as the world of you know IP and and everything and it's I suppose it's right that they're able to defend the property otherwise you know everyone would be writing their own stuff about these characters but you know someone who was created in the 90s isn't going to be on the telly you know you'd, you'd you would have hoped that they'd be a bit more um, free and easy with that because I think everyone would love to read another Fitz book. But then everyone's going to love reading another Quedge book and, and for for the range to be continuing uh, now is uh, just incredible. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's the hope. You know, we want people to enjoy reading Chris Quedge in new, new adventures. Um, yeah, it, it's we're trying to give 
Chris's his own um, world to be part of. You know, he's, he's part of obviously that wider Doctor Who universe, and um, in this he gets to shine in his own spotlight, and he's got his own little companions to travel around with, having grand universe-ending threats to deal with. It's uh, it's nice to give a character like that the attention they deserve. <laughs> 